and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here are your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories, and I'm your host, Fred. Today we continue the series I've dubbed the Weeks of Wireless, stories by the Wireless Theatre Company of the UK, uh, by continuing the story of a young man who returns to visit his fire-bellied grandmother, an old-school Englishwoman who'd put a bulldog to shame, uh, brought to life by the unforgettable Prunella Scales of Faulty Towers fame. Uh, wonderful, wonderful performance here. Uh, we started uh, The Youth of Old Age last week. Uh, the young man of the story arrived at the manor. He hasn't been there since he uh, first went to college to study uh, medicine. Uh, he decides to tell his grandmother about his intentions to marry, but she's not so pleased with the idea, especially since she hasn't been introduced to fiancé. So she decides, with the help of the butler, to fake an illness to keep her grandson there for the night and longer, as we find out today. Today he wakes to his boyhood home, only to grow more suspicious of the actual seriousness of her illness. Enjoy The Youth of Old Age. Here, boy. Sit. Go fetch, Butch. Jim! Jimmy! Hello, Tom. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. Still at the farm, like. Haven't seen your face round here for a while. I know. It's terrible of me, mate. The hospital takes up all my time, and with the house. Got a house? Yeah. Growing up all of a sudden, yeah. Where are you living? St Albans, just outside London. I bought a converted barn. Well, half converted. Abandoned halfway through because the developer ran out of money. It was a steal. There's still so much to do. How's the farm? Still there. Dad started doing the whole when-you-take-over routine, dropping hints at retiring. You don't want to take over? I'm 26, mate. I really don't want to run the same farm I grew up on for the rest of my life. Oh, well, I can't really see. I have a choice. You always have a choice. It's your life, isn't it? It's not as easy as that, though. Dad'd go spare if I left. Can't he employ someone? Yeah, but he's a tight old git, so he won't. Hey, you're a long time dead, mate. Never thought I'd say it, but there's a lot going on outside this place. I couldn't move back if you paid me. I've been here less than a day and I'm already dying for a coffee. Oh, my God, I sound like a right tosser. You said it. So, why are you back? Well, actually, I'm getting married. Came over last night to talk it over with Gran, but she's really ill, so I had to stay the night. Ill? <laughs> What's wrong with her? I don't know. Some kind of illness. She's had it for weeks. She looks so weak. What was funny? What time did you get here? Yesterday, about two. Ill, eh? Well, it must be the quickest bug in history. Why? Because I saw her yesterday morning down the passages with a 12-bore shotgun over one shoulder and six dead pheasants over the other. Great big grin on her face. Really? Are you sure it was her? Are you having a laugh? Dressed in her headscarf. Barbara the lot. Give her a couple of corgis and a lanky German racist and it might have been the Queen. But otherwise, I'll settle for your gran. Really? I see. Listen, I'm off to the top field. I've got some shit to shovel. But if you're here later, I'll be down the duck if you fancy a pint. Thanks, mate. I'd love to, but I've got to get back to London. The hospital will struggle to cope without me. Thanks, though. And get out of that farm. Go and see the world. Yeah. Right after I pull the nuts off 300 lambs, I'll go to Singapore, I reckon. <laughs> See you, Tom. Butch, come on. See ya. Ma'am, I wouldn't know the back of an iPod from the front. Useless. Been working for the last three hours and now, look, broken. Designed in USA. Bloody Yanks. Nothing but a gaggle of lardy bucket imbeciles. Want something designed, ask a German. Well, I did read a story about a German man eating another man's penis as part of a sexual fantasy not long ago. Pity. They'd been recovering quite well until then. All that effort wasted. 
I can't imagine why you would want a penis in the mouth, can you, Edward? I'm having a flowery day today, ma'am. I'm afraid I won't be rising to the bait. Pity. Ah, I think I hear the young man approach. Hide. Why? I'm going to scare him. Where shall I hide? Just freeze. Gran, I just spoke to Thomas and he told me that you... Gran. 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 Oh, God, Gran. Gran. Wake up, Gran. Gran. What are you doing? Why are you shaking me? Oh, I thought you... I thought something was wrong. I was listening to this thing you bought me, minding my own business, just me and Mr Rachmaninoff, and oh... (coughs) No blood. You can drop the coughing act. I just saw Thomas, and he said... Uh, What seems to be the commotion? Oh, nothing. Just James thinking he could shake my corpse back to life. Fine doctor you must be. How do you engineer the miracle of childbirth? A plunger, perhaps? Or do you just roll the patient onto the floor and hope a good belly flop will shoot out the dole scrounger's offspring? Stop it. Edward, she's lying about her illness. Thomas just told me he saw her out hunting yesterday. Well, that wasn't me. Who was it, then? It was Edward. Edward. How would Thomas confuse you and Edward? Well, I've had my doubts about the sanity of that farmhand for a long time. Too much chugging on sheep dip and shagging his dog. Gran, you're his godmother. Oh? His father asked me. What was I supposed to say? No? It was you. You're lying. I'm not. Ask Edward. Well, Edward? Uh, Sir, I'm afraid that you are mistaken. It was me out hunting yesterday. Your gran and I share similar taste in jackets. And, of course, headscarves. Oh, I'm feeling very weak. I must rest. Please leave me. Wake me for lunch, please, Edward. And, James, we shall discuss the terms of this marriage arrangement and and you can be on your way. Please leave me. Please, please. Fine. Wicked woman. (laughs) I'm rather having fun. I thought that you died. He's a sensitive boy. Poppycock. He'll have to toughen up if he wants to play with me. He's not aware that it's a game. Even better. And what will you do now? He can see that you aren't ill. He's a doctor. Training doctor. You will have to come clean. There is simply no way that he will stay another night. He has sick patients to attend to. He works in a national health hospital in London, stitching up jobless 13-year-old knife thugs and delivering illegal immigrants' babies. Let them wait. I wish to keep him here. Go and sabotage his car. I will not. Oh, yes, you will. You were a party to this as well. If I am to be found out, your involvement will certainly be revealed. I will meet this woman. You mark my words. Very well. I shall sabotage his car. And with it, sever our remaining claims to humanity. But first, we must eat. What would you choose for dinner, milady? Food, of course. Delicious. I have a simply marvellous idea. Some lovely fresh lamb cutlets. Give that boy Thomas a ring. Lovely boy.
Hello. Hi, darling. No, I know. I'm still here. Well, my blasted car won't start. All those things you told me about owning a vintage sports car have come true. The HT leads, whatever they are, must have dropped off the car as I was driving. The mechanic said he can't imagine how, and that he doesn't know how the car completed the journey, but there you go, I don't know much about it. I know, I'm sorry. Can you please talk to Brian? Just tell him I'll be back soon. I don't know how long. We have to import the part from America. It could take up to three days. I can't just leave the car here, can I? I'm sorry, vanity is not one of my main sins, but there is no way I'm driving to work in your smart car. Well, it's bad for the environment. Look, I miss you. Gran? She's behaving peculiarly. She's obviously very unwell. I'm very worried about her. But she's stubborn and refuses to rest. She drank five pints of Guinness with dinner. Of course she's ill. Why would she lie? It's ghastly. It's necessary. What have you reduced me to? Call that mechanic and tell him to stall for a week. We'll get this fiancé here by hook or by crook. I'm having second thoughts. Removing parts from his car. I felt like I was stealing from a handicapped child. Nonsense. I haven't felt this young in ages. I feel like dancing. It's just like it used to be when I was in charge of the companies. Subterfuge, espionage, backstabbing and lying. A perfect way to start a day. Hello, you two. Lovely morning. The strangest things just happened. Thomas came to the kitchen window and told me he found a HT lead of an E-type in his field. A lamb nearly choked on it. Very odd. But he's put it back on the car and started first time, so I'm going to have to leave. I've really enjoyed staying here with you. <coughs> Gran, you're going to be all right. <coughs> what about my blessing for the wedding? In your own way, you already gave me that. What about my consent? You'll be needing that for the wedding licence. Are you really going to stop me getting married, Grandma? Yes, I most certainly will. I love you. Edward, make sure she rests. I'm sure it's just a chest infection. It'll loosen up if you rest. And the warmer days are coming back now. James, if you walk out of that door, you won't get a penny. What I wonder is how much of you actually believes that I want any money from you. You've protected me, educated me. I do very well and I don't need a penny. I know you wish to meet Melly, and maybe I will bring her to see you, but only if you promise right now that you will behave, be nice, and not bully her. Can you do that? I'll do no such thing. Have it your way. I shall be back soon myself when my next stage of examinations is finished. When I return, I'll be a fully qualified surgeon. Goodbye. I'll call when I get home. Would you like me to prepare you a baguette with cold cuts for the journey, sir? No, it's fine. Thanks, Edward. See you. Well, you lost. Nonsense. This is just the beginning. It's this woman he's with. She's poisoned his mind. Clearly, she is the major protagonist. What a web of deceit she has woven from afar. I still don't understand the obsession you have with meeting this woman. And I don't understand why you enjoy sex with men, but I never interrogate you. It's now a matter of principle. I didn't back down when all of those diamond miners we employed in South Africa demanded safety equipment, and I won't back down now. I will just have to up my game, as they say. Call that lawyer, Mr Bastard. I need to see him. And what should I say that it is regarding? My death. <sighs> you are very much alive. I know that. You know that. The question is, what would James do if he didn't know that? What do you mean? I don't ask. 
I mean, the young man must have a certain level of vanity. He must wish this scalpel-wheeling pauper to see his vast estate, his beautiful land. He just doesn't want her to see it with me here. So why not arrange it so that he is sure I am no longer here? That's what I mean. I hear what you are saying, and I think I understand it. But I don't quite believe it. Not you, not even you, would do what I think you are thinking of doing. I intend to hold a funeral. My funeral. That'll bring this surgical stumpet out of the woodwork, and I will need your help, Edward. I won't agree. Oh, yes, you will. I think that you have finally gone mad. Nonsense, and quite the opposite. I may have just started to see sense, finally to grasp how to be a real mother, not one of these jam sandwich makers busy crafting their young men into poofs. What on earth will we do in this country when the chinks invade? Or the camel jockeys? Not all the social workers, doctors and weeping lefties in the world would stand a chance. But men, Edward, real men, that is what this country needs. And by God, I will turn that boy into one if it's the last thing I do. So, we will have a funeral in honour of my death and we will meet this wife. Now, you heard her the first time, but this time you must follow. Get Mr. Bastard in my study within the next 30 minutes. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much for coming. Please, just sit anywhere. All the expected guests have now arrived, sir. Apart from, of course, your lady friend. Her name is Melly. Can you use her name? Like a charlatan. All these arrangements have been done by you. And I'm doing the greeting like it was me that got the flowers, booked the cars. I don't know how you managed, Edward. I had a lot of help, sir. I can't believe she's gone. I haven't even seen her face. Her lovely little face. It is possibly for the best, sir. Hunting accidents of such an horrific nature rarely leave the victim looking their best. I can't believe it. The gun just exploded. Yes. I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? If she was going to die, I would have thought it would have been the illness she was suffering with. That certainly would have been easier. But of course, your grandmother is a stubborn lady. <laughs> Was. Of course. Was a stubborn lady. I don't know how you're coping so well. You haven't broken down once. I'm managing one day at a time, sir. I admire you. I just keep thinking she's going to walk in any time. Wouldn't that be something? I don't even know most of these people. Neither do I, sir. I didn't know Gran knew so many friends. And so young. In fact, she went to some film extras agency and hired them all. Heaven forbid. What a radical idea, sir. Sir, the congregation is ready. Shall I begin? Thank you, Reverend. Could we just wait a few minutes? I understand, sir. But unfortunately, we have a wedding ceremony taking place, Laser, and we need to change the colours. OK, fine. Reverend, would I be able to say a few words before you start? Certainly. Good morning, everybody. 
My name is James, and Elizabeth was my grandmother. Oh, God, where do I start? She, she rescued me from an orphanage when I was very young and raised me. She was so generous, so unbelievably generous with her time. She had a spectacular life. The Reverend will be filling you on that some more, but I just wanted to say from my heart that deep down in a place she hid from most people, she was the most kind-hearted and gentle woman you could hope to meet. I loved her dearly and will miss her more than I can say. Reverend, my fiance has just pulled up in the car park. Can you hold for 30 seconds? Of course. Thank you so much for getting here. You must be exhausted. No problem. I flew in this morning and got a taxi right here. Are you okay? Ah, that's a bridge too far, young man. Oh, You're always an odd child, but this defies belief. She's one of those awful Chinese people. You idiot, James. Stop this funeral. Stop this wedding. Stop the lot. Gran? Edward, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. You refuse to bring this girl before me so that I may approve of the marriage. It was time for decisive action. You faked your own funeral? Yes, and what of it? Whatever means necessary to get the job done. And it appears that I was right. You've lost your senses and decided to marry a gook. Don't say that. God, Millie, I'm sorry. It's fine. My dad calls my mum a gook all the time. My dad's American, my mum is Chinese. Things are so funny. I can't believe you, Gran. Millie, come on, we're leaving. This marriage is off. I won't hear of it. It's not your choice. I've never been so angry, embarrassed or hurt in my life. How could you? This entire estate will go to charity. Good. They'll make better use of it than I will. Because right now, given the choice, I'd burn it to the ground and piss on the ashes. Come on, Melly. Edward, I'm disgusted. I'm surprised. I thought that you would be pleased she wasn't dead. How could you let her do this? Well, what power did I have? If not me, it would have been someone else. If I hadn't got involved, she would have invited real people instead of hiring actors. Well, I understand and I forgive you, Edward. More out of pity than anything else. But not you, Gran. I'm going. Come on, Melly. Good riddance. You went too far this time, milady. Are you angry at me, Edward? Livid, milady. It's lovely finally to meet you, Melly. You too, Edward. Heard lots about you. All the insults. Elizabeth, silence. For once, close your sewer and show some humility. I have to pay your cost. Don't you flounce away from me, Edward. Edward? James? Are you okay? No, I'm furious. All my life I've taken a kind of guilty pleasure from my grand's behaviour. She was very strict, but in a good, odd way. She used to make me laugh so much. But as I got older, I just started to find it embarrassing. And she's extremely confrontational. That's it. She has gone too far. I am so... so sorry for what she called you. Gook? I actually can't believe she could say that to someone. She's funny. My gran? Funny? <laughs> yeah, and I wonder where she got that word from. I think she's completely wonderful. Sorry, how can you possibly think she's wonderful? Because she is. I don't mean this offensively, but she should be in a museum or a gallery. A live museum, so more people can see her. I know you have a kind heart, my dear. You don't have to put it on. I'm not. At college, I studied history, and I really loved British history. She's a relic. 
You have to see through the eyes of someone who isn't from here. When I first came over, I was expecting a certain type of person to be everywhere, but I found none of them. What type of person? Brash, tough, no-nonsense British bulldogs. All I met were girly men who spend too much time on their hair. Your gran is the first real Brit with the classic mold. It took that type of a person to build an empire as successful as the British. She's living proof of that race existence. She could command an empire. I think she's fascinating. You read too much. Shut up. I can't wait to meet her again. No, no way. I'm never going back there. Why? Because she called me a gook or staged her own funeral. Both. If we went back, she wouldn't stop there. She'd work on you until you cracked. I'm sure I'll be okay. She's good. The last time I took a girl home. What girl? My last girlfriend, sort of. It didn't last. Her name was. Bugger. Ah, Davina. Davina. Anyway, I took her home, and she literally accused her of being a drug dealer. And was she? No, she was a pharmacist. Not Davina, the pharmacist. Yes. How do you know Davina, the pharmacist? Everyone knows Davina. How come you're with her? And why didn't you tell me? Why would I? It was four years ago. What's wrong with Davina? Nothing really. I just wonder what you and Pussy in Boot would talk about. Why did you call her Pussy in Boot? One of the interns told us a story about her. He says she made him drink milk out of a saucer while she wore knee-high boots. What? Why? Why do we do any of the things we do? We found it highly amusing. It's a bit cruel to talk about things like that behind someone's back. I'm surprised at you, Melly. Did she ever get you to drink the milk? I'm not answering that. Why? Because she did, and you were embarrassed, or she didn't, and you feel inadequate. You've got a right nasty streak, you know. I can give you some milk if you want, if it does it for you. Although I don't have any knee-high boots, I can buy some. Where are we going? We're going back. Really? Why the sudden change of heart? I don't know. Maybe I've just realised that you two might get along perfectly with your black comedy and your even blacker hearts. Me and your nan. Well, we'll see. And I'm not letting her get the better of me. I am going to marry you, and she's going to be pleasant if it kills her, or if not pleasant, she's going to look at you and see what it is that I love. Well, what I've just realised it is about you that I love. And what's that? That you're just like her. <laughs> That's sick. No, no, not like that. You know what I mean. Well, I think so. You want to marry your grand? Stop it. Do you think she might give you some milk? Is this some kind of a fetish? I've decided to stop listening to you. If that's what you call fifty-five years of service to this family, my lady. And what's this now? Leaving me, I suppose. You suppose correctly, my lady. Ah, going to travel the globe, no doubt. Dig trenches in Sudan. Find yourself a wife. You know as well as I that I wasn't made that way. And where will you go? You're not cut out for the outside world. How will you possibly survive? I imagine that I'm going to find out. Well, I have a tip for you. I watched a very interesting picture about a hotel somewhere in the South Pacific. It's rather unique. You pay for the hotel room and you get a nice, ripe 16-year-old boy thrown in with the price. Sex tourism, they call it. Might be just the ticket for an old faggot like yourself. That's exactly it, isn't it? 
That's the sum of your character. Mean, vile, and selfish. Do you realise what you just did? And what I can't believe is that I let you get so far without realising how twisted and spiteful you've become. I love that boy, like a father. And I realise today that I have been a weak and pathetic example of a man for him to model himself on, allowing you to bully and insult all that came upon you. And I standing aside and doing nothing. Well, times have changed. And I am not going to allow Master James to suffer the fate he was originally intended. That of growing with no family, no support, no one to watch over him. So, I am leaving you. Because now he will never come back. And I refuse to miss witnessing the wonderful children he may have, and the wonderful family he may produce, and the wonderful father and husband he may become, just so that I can cook and clean for a miserable old bitch who's bitter at the world because the man she wanted for a husband was unprepared to endure her indefatigable misery. How dare you! How dare you spout such vulgar inaccuracies! The man I love never left me. The man I loved couldn't love me in return. He wasn't made that way. Am I to get the door myself now? Yes. Perhaps you could stick a broom up your ass and sweep the place as well. Gran. Oh, God, it's you. What do you want? Where's Edward? Why are you answering the door? He's packing. He's leaving me. Why? He hates me. It's fine. You all hate me. I understand. Why are you here? Go into the kitchen and tell Jules that you have guests. And that is to begin preparing something delicious immediately. Why do I find myself suddenly being ordered around by men? Is it some kind of national holiday where all the women of the world have to bow down and pretend that they give two hoots about what men think? Or is that only on polling day of a general election? <laughs> You, what are you laughing at? I'm sorry, that was hilarious, and I couldn't agree more. She has a name, Gran. It's Melly. Well, my name's actually Mei Ling, but I prefer Melly. I had a wonderful little Shetland called Melly. Got the colic. Had to shoot it. Gran, you're being insulting. I most certainly am not. It was one of my favourite animals. Broke my heart. I still have a painting hanging somewhere in here. The portrait of the Shetland above the parlour mantel, that's a real horse. Shut up, we're talking. Mei Ling, is that Chinese? There will be time to talk later. For now, please go into the kitchen. Very well, you don't need to repeat yourself. We shall be seated in the dining room in a few minutes. Melly, would you do me the honour of coming with me to the dining room? Well, I shall seat you, give you a glass of wine and ask you to wait while I go and try to talk Edward off the ceiling. Certainly. Thank you. Inside, please, ladies. Edward? James, you're back. What are you doing? She went too far. It was all too much. I didn't understand why I allowed her to push me to such extremes. Sorry. I can't imagine what you have been through. No harm done, I suppose. You can't leave. She gives me no choice. How is it that you've been able to endure so much for so long, but then one day you suddenly decide it's too much? I mean, faking your own death is too much... And I'm sure she must have done more direct things to upset you in the past. No, because I saw your face when she said what she said about your fiancé. 
who seems wonderful, by the way, and, if I might add, hubba hubba. Anyhow, I would not allow that woman to hurt you any more. It's not your fault. I'm sorry to disagree, but it is. And I don't think that your grand needs any more defending or passing of bucks. It's mine. The fault is mine. Absurd. No. True. It's been my fault for a while. Do you know why? I am supposed to be the man of this house. The head of this family. I'm nearly 30 years old, the heir to a vast fortune. Companies left to me to supervise and estates to manage. Somewhere down the line, that's supposed to be my life. That's what I've been running away from. It's my fault that Gran felt the need to go to such extremes in the name of protecting me and my heritage. And I secretly commend her for it. At least she was aware of my responsibility. Had I acted like a man and taken charge from her a long time ago, then this would never have happened. I should have been closer to you two and not running away. What of your career? This is more important. Than helping to save lives and ease suffering? No, it isn't. And you know it. Some of what you say is true. But being the man of the house just means telling the old lady to stick it. I do so believe that all she needs is for you to be firm with her. But why? It's how she feels love. OK. Very well. I'm going to take charge, then. From now. Starting with you, Edward. Edward, I'm instructing you that I have a guest in the dining room. I have ordered the chef to begin preparing, and I would like you to attend to your duties immediately, Edward. With pleasure, sir. And our guest would be... My fiancé. I'd like to show her what a wonderful family she's marrying into. I've left her in the dining room. Alone? With your grandma? Yes. Interesting. Why haven't you asked me a question yet? I don't know. Possibly because that's what's expected of me. You want me to ask you where you bought this wonderful table or how long you've lived in this fantastic mansion? But I won't. Why not? Because I get the feeling that you would eat me up and spit me out for being so predictable. Really? And without trying to sound too smug, the fact that you just asked me why I hadn't asked you any question yet tells me I'm correct. Well, you're certainly not stupid. I'm a brain surgeon. Are you an ethical surgeon? It's... I think it's impossible to say. Why not? I thought ethics was the foundation of medicine. It is in theory. Ethics, autonomy, these are all the things we must try to work by. But I believe that when it comes down to making a decision in a very short space of time with a lot at stake, we tend to use instincts first, and more effectively. So you don't believe a person's instinct is always naturally ethical? I think it's easy to apply ethic with hindsight, but as a guy they work well. I don't think a normal person needs to be taught them, though. I suppose I'm curious to know how I would react if I were some kind of surgeon. I'm sure you'll be able to cope. Tell me, is it true that when you operate on a brain, the patient is awake? In certain cases. So if you prod the right spot, you could make them twitch? It's a little bit more complicated than that, but essentially, yes. That helps it. I could never be a brain surgeon. Given that kind of power over a person's dignity, I would most certainly abuse it for my own amusement. Yeah, I do that too. I just don't tell anyone. 
Manipulation has always been my speciality. That's understandable. Why? What could you possibly understand about me? We're strangers. This may shock you, but you're not a stranger to me. I know lots about you, and James talks about you constantly. And the reason why I understand your manipulative side is because you would have had to use whatever tools you had to survive as a woman in a man's world. Upper-class society has never tolerated women with power, even when historical figures like Elizabeth I and Margaret Thatcher have apparently flourished. I wrote a paper at university about Elizabeth I. I think you and she share many qualities. Elizabeth I? Not bad. She couldn't have children either. I think it was a source of deep frustration for her. I can imagine. But she never thought to go and find a boy like James. I never made that mistake. I found him. I know. So did I. We're lucky women. Sometimes I look at him and think, how can you be so kind, be so patient, and have so much time for people, even strangers? Me? Most days I have to go and scream in the bathroom to get it all out. But he can just take everything with a smile. He calms me down. He once came back from school in a terrible mess. It was something about where he came from. They'd been doing a lesson on family or whatever drivel they fill their heads with in those places. I wanted him homeschooled, but Edward insisted on building his character. James couldn't understand why his situation was different. He'd, he'd shouted out in class, got in trouble with the teacher. He said to me, I couldn't make them understand that my family isn't different. They all said my family was different, but I couldn't make them understand that it isn't. I said to him, I'm sorry, but they're right, James. It is different with our family. And he looked at me, eight years old, and said, I love you, Gran, and I love Edward, too. What's different about that? I didn't know whether to slap him around the chops for being such a wimp or cry my heart out along with him. I was confused. I had literally no idea what to do with someone, even one so young, who was comfortable with expressing every emotion unashamedly, no matter how big or small. I will never be like James, and thank God he will never be like me. I wish you two all the possible happiness in the world, and if I am able to help in any way, you only ever have to ask. And thank you for making the boy so happy. Good evening, ladies. Dinner will be ready in a few minutes. Nice to see you haven't killed each other. No, James. We're not men. What of Edward? Has he left? No. He's in the kitchen, assisting Jules with a very fine grouse. Oh, what have you two been discussing? Your grandma was just telling me where she got this wonderful table.
Hello, Thomas. Good to see you. It's been a good while since you called over. It's been quite sombre around here, though, as you can understand. Yeah. Wish it could be under better circumstances. I'm sorry I couldn't come to the service, but it's right in the middle of lambing season. Oh, no, it's fine. Honestly, don't worry. How are you? Okay. It's very sad, but I'm okay. I mean, obviously, being away over the years meant that we weren't as close anymore, but still. Anyway, so you're running the farm after all, then? Yeah. Father made me a great offer. It was along the lines of, if you don't take over, I'll throw you out and write you out of the will. Oh, anyway, I'm glad to. I am a farmer. My dad was a farmer and his dad before him. Who am I to break tradition? Well, it's nice to see that you'll still be around to keep an eye on the place. Are you not staying? No. Still a little too far from the hospital. James? Who is it? This is Thomas, darling. He runs the farm over there, see? Thomas, this is my wife, Melly. Lovely to meet you. Oh, sorry. Got a bit of lamb shit on your sleeve there. It's fine. I'm usually up to the elbows in blood, so a little shit won't hurt. Would you like to come in? The mood's a little depressed, but we can offer you a beer or a glass of wine. No, just come in to pay my respects. A lovely character. Lovely spirit. Lost. I'm sorry. Well, I'll get back to it. See you soon. You'll be back? Of course he will. He's trying desperately to keep my great-granddaughter away from my influence, but he won't succeed. She's the image of her mother, so let's hope she inherited her character too. God help her if she's as soft as James. Well, nice to see you haven't lost any of your fire, ma'am. Certainly not, and don't call me ma'am. It makes me sound like a schoolmistress. Mind you, the rate at which this woman is popping out children, I shall soon have to become one. They're going to a state school, Gran, I told you. I won't hear of it. Dirty hives full of obese children with cold sores and single parents over my dead body. Has Thomas met my great-granddaughter? No. She's still in the back garden. I think the loss has affected her more than anybody. She's very close to him. Well, we were all very close to him. But sometimes you have to move on. Bury him and get a new one. That's been the way it was done in this family for generations. Yes, but it has always been the responsibility of the butler to dig the hole for the bloody thing. Honestly. All this fuss over a dog. He never liked me. I see. Keep your voices down. Show some respect for poor old Butch. Edward, you finished filling the hole? Yes, but your daughter is still lying on the mound of fresh earth talking to it. She is rather dramatic, sir. I think she may become an actress. I'll bury the little bitch next to the dog before she whores herself for the amusement of others. Gran, don't you call my daughter a bitch. Well, don't you let her anywhere near the stage. I seem to remember you being quite the performer when you were younger, milady. Really? Really? Were you an actor, Gran? I was a ravishing Lady Macbeth, dear. And what happened? I got a real job. Now, close the door before we get a chill. Bye, then. Bloody rich folk. Youth of Old Age was written and directed by Stuart Price, produced by Marielle Ranecker-Temple and co-produced by Francis Kirkham. Editing was done by Joe Waters. Cornell Scales as Grandmother, Ed Harrison as James, Nightman Tell as Edward, David Beck as Thomas and Crystal Yule as Melly. Youth of Old Age was recorded at Quince Studios and engineered by Matt Walters for the Wireless Theatre Company. Visit www.wirelesstheatrecompany.co.uk for more audio downloads. 
And that was the conclusion of Wireless Theatre Company's The Youth of Old Age. And you can hear more stories of comedy, delight, and drama at their website, www.wirelesstheatrecompany.co.uk. Wireless Theatre Company, theatre.co.uk. Uh, we'll be talking to their artistic director, Marielle, next week. Uh, they'll learn more about this prolific and talented audio theatre group who tout themselves like the BBC but with more guts. <laughs> and if you can't wait for more stories, recall you can always catch up on the podcast and blog, www.radiodramarevival.com. Radiodramarevival.com. You can read more audio theater news, reviews, and discussion there, as well as subscribe to the weekly show. You can also always find us on iTunes. Search for Radio Drama Revival. Um, that wraps it up for this week. Until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.